0: Welcome everyone to another episode of Control Group. Today we're reviewing a world of ice and fire, a system mod created by Andrew Medeiros. This has been our Game of Thrones-inspired take on
1: apocalypse
0: world. I am, or I was, your Grandmaster Dennis Bray. You always
1: will be, Dennis. Oh. <laughs>
2: and with me, I have
1: Marcus. I played Marla Corbray and Galvin Stone.
2: Hi, I'm Nick. I played Rufilius Sand and Silas O'Cart. The Night of the Eternal Spring.
3: My name is Hadley Singer, and I played Roggear the Red and Regal Sunswelter.
2: So today we're going to review
0: the A World of Fire and Ice mod. This was something we actually found very early on in the podcast Origins. This was something we found, I think, even before the podcast was a thing. Yeah, way back. Um, So we've been very excited to try this system out, and I very much enjoyed it.
1: I'm always looking for um, Powered by the Apocalypse. I mean... I have been for like a long time and just like saving them. So if you guys have any that you really love, please send them to me. They're awesome. Even like um, newer experimental ones and stuff. Obviously that's, you know, part of the podcast.
0: Yeah, most definitely. This is something I don't think we ever advertise, but we do have an email address. ControlGroupPod at gmail at CTRL, just like the key on your keyboard. We have people currently who are sending us systems. So if you see anything you like, you can send, shoot us an email. So how did you guys feel about the playbooks you guys chose for your characters for the system?
2: I played the Shadow and Man at Arms playbook. I think that this is uh, something new to us as well. We played two different characters um, in the same session, uh, which I think at first was a little hard to get, get a wrangle on. Um, but I, I, by the end of it, I, th- I really enjoyed it. Um, it was fun being able to explore more of the system using two playbooks, <laughs> which totally. is uh, something that uh, we never get to do, really. Um I think that the playbooks are uh, uh, organized really well. I, I I think you might have heard of, uh, some shuffling going on uh, <laughs> during the recording, but um, there really wasn't a whole lot. I mean, it's just it's very well organized. It's all laid out. I, I don't know. I think that I chose two. I tried to choose two characters that were different for me. Um, specifically the man at arms, I usually don't go for like the barbarian or like, you know, like the, uh, hulking figure sort of, um, class, but I, I don't know, I had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, I kind of, uh, lost myself a little bit. So I think that was, that was challenging for me, but really fun. Uh, I think that it's probably a good thing that I don't normally play that class, um, because there's a lot of really powerful fucking moves, uh, that this class has. And I kind of reined myself back a little bit, um and didn't you know rely on them too heavily um I think that maybe there's like a, this character the man arms class specifically could like take advantage of a lot of other characters uh, so may- maybe in the future we'll see you know some some uh, some ultimate moves from Silas but um, not at the moment and then I really like the, uh, the the shadow as well um, it was just it was fun playing like a very like diplomacy or like charisma heavy like persuasion heavy character um so I, I
1: had a lot of fun with mine for sure. No, no complaints. My two playbooks were the blessed and the water dancer, and uh, <laughs> as we've mentioned many times. Um, <laughs> but um, the blessed, I really love. I so that's a like priest, uh, clergy member type of character, and then I used it instead for her charisma and sort of being an, being part of the nobility, right? Instead of being someone who's religious, and that was super successful. I did obviously all kinds of different. You know, charisma stuff, and I knew I wanted to have a character who would show the strengths of, you know, manipulation and working with people instead of fighting them, and uh, and I could even kind of show through this character how I could be kind of conniving and and, and uh, uh, manipulative in that too, in, in in these sinister ways without even ever pulling out a sword or anything. So that was so fun. That was really cool. Um, so that's how that's how the story went with Marla. On Galvin's Water Dancer, honestly, I don't... Well, the thing... Okay, for what I did was I chose the magical class and then didn't choose any of the magical moves. So that's on me, partly. (laughs) But it's also, like, really all the the major moves, I think, in this system, or in most of the classes are just kind of stuff pulled from um, Apocalypse World, you know? And that's what, like, a lot of hacks are. But um, I think it could benefit from maybe a couple of extra moves that are more placed in... Game of Thrones more, or, or maybe just like I, I just like to see a couple of like maybe one or two really thing like moves that every cla- e- each class has that like no other class has. Something where you can literally be like, Now I want to use my blank, and okay, you have to roll. And it has a specific thing for seven to nine.
2: I think Hadley had mm-hmm. some of those moves that yeah. you're talking about, but yeah, like every mm-hmm. class, I think is what you're
1: talking about. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah, I, I think this is this is more closely an Apocalypse World hack than uh, some other. You know, games might be, and um, you know, it's it's just it just fits into the setting as it's as it's supposed to. So
3: I think I made two NPCs. I think that's what I did <laughs> <laughs> for my characters. I think I made two characters that could have easily been NPCs, uh, and maybe that's why I had such a hard time because um, I gave Regal. <laughs> he never used any of his abilities ever. Um, <laughs> cuz I thought he'd be a different character and then I went in there and I'm like this doesn't fit. And then uh so I had a tough time, but I loved Rogvier, but you know, he had to die. It was it was time. So. Rogvier
2: drove the plot <laughs> oh, with his spoilers. Ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Hope you hope you listen to the season. But I think <laughs> a lot of what we're talking about, I just can't there are so many playbooks in this hack. There's That's just a lot of time, so I can understand why there aren't as many moves, per se, for every character, just because there are like 12 to 14 playbooks, I think. We, We played six of them, and that's not even half of what there is, which I think is wild.
1: I think, you know what the reason is? I think this is the other end of the spectrum for me. Because, like, I have my my first Power by the Apocalypse game that I made, I've made, like, three or four now. My first one is the sci-fi game that is way too many moves. Like, every <laughs> class is, like, super varied, and you can use it to make any kind of character you want. And this is, like, it's, like, what it is. You know? And there's benefits mm-hmm. to both, I think. So there's different styles.
2: I think, um, just in terms of, like, playing the characters, um in using the playbooks, I think we did a, a good job of sort of organically using the playbooks.
3: I remember, like, my favorite, mm-hmm. one of my
2: favorite moments of the whole campaign was um, uh, when, I think it was Hadley, tried to uh, read something about Rufelius, but, like, I had the move that was that, uh, yes. you know, the answer is nothing always when, you know, yeah. you're trying to, like, um, what, what is it? observe a person. Read
0: a person, yeah.
2: Um, so, like, you know, I think there was, like, some fun moments like that, which um, we normally... Not to say we don't have, but um, but aren't as mm. uh, big with like some of the other playbooks we, uh, other systems we've played. Um, it was mm. I, I, it was more fun reaching a move, you know, or like reaching the right moment to like use this move, you know, as opposed to yeah. like always being like, oh, I, I have this set of moves that I, oh, I need to, you know, use all the time. It's like it was, it was, I felt more organic this time.
1: And it's yeah, and it's interpersonal. I think this this system is really good about interpersonal stuff. Which is a good reflection in Dennis's campaign specifically, right?
0: Yeah, I love uh, connecting people, so I really enjoyed the strings, uh, having those benefits to use against characters and use against NPCs, and then for me to be able to directly influence something upon your guys' characters without it seeming unjust narratively was really nice to have. So Hadley, uh, yeah. our, our first campaign, it came from Lake Mary, it's your first time really being thrown into a D&D podcast. And then this campaign, Game of Thrones, The Cinders of Winter, was uh, your first time being thrown into uh, something you knew nothing about. So could you you speak to that?
3: Oh, uh, it was definitely hard, and I didn't get it most of the time. Um, So if you're going to choose to do Game of Thrones, um, you should just watch Game of Thrones and then play it. Um, It's just (laughs) so complex, and that's why it's so cool. And honestly, that's why I would probably like it. Um, But... It was very difficult because, like, I knew what Nick's and Marcus's characters' names were, but then someone, (laughs) then Dennis would bring up another character, and I'd be like, "Who? They've all got (laughs) last names like Rock and Tree and (laughs) and Sand and."
2: It's absolute nonsense. (laughs) It's
3: absolutely
2: (laughs) fucking ridiculous.
0: Someone
3: they someone went outside and they looked at a rock and they were like, "That's my last name now."
2: Hadley brings up a great point uh, that this campaign um, compared to our last one specifically um, and compared to like other ones that we haven't recorded. This is like the, one of the first campaigns in a long time that I've like had a piece of paper and I'm like writing down everything. Uh, I like that we take like, sort of naturally took this uh, concept more seriously in terms of like remembering the narrative and like like trying to like have, uh, or, you know, motives and tactics. And yeah. <laughs> I, that, that was so much fun for me. Um, that's why I want to keep doing this campaign because I think it's like an interesting <laughs> headspace that it puts us.
1: I think it also, it was like we were, the scene was set. To where there's going to be a lot of moving pieces here, one and two. You have two characters because one of your characters might die. So us, with that knowledge, we're like, "Oh shit, okay." Immediately, we're we're toned in, you know.
2: I like that a lot of our characters didn't meet for the longest time. Yeah, that's another. We're talking. We're moving on to like sort of the narrative of the story, but I (laughs) think that was that's super interesting to me because. Uh, you know, usually, when you're playing D and D, you know there's like sort of this unspoken thing of like, you know, don't split the don't party, split the party. You know? Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but this was like we were split immediately. Uh, and and we, we, I didn't, I don't think I ever talked to Regal. Um, maybe in like the first episode, but like you know, it was like one time. You know, so I, I, it's just interesting that we had so many different storylines going on and we were able to sustain them.
1: Yeah, props to Dennis.
0: Yeah, I needed to give you guys room to be able to plot against each other because that's something I thought. Would be a little more prevalent in this session, but you guys were so nice to each other. Was I tried annoying. as hard
1: as I could to fucking kill Nick for no reason for like a while, and then uh, it was like enemy of my enemy, so it was great.
2: I was just like setting myself up as like a as trying to be like a big bad, and it's like I was just winning, so I was like, all right.
0: <laughs> Yeah, it's like, it's like when you're playing the Game of Thrones board game, and someone's like, obviously winning, but no one wants to fuck with that person, so they'll yeah. just do their own shit. <laughs> I have the Iron Islands! <laughs> I, was, I was trying to lean too much to be like, hey, dude, Nick is smoking both of y'all. Someone should, <laughs> Something should happen to Nick, but Marcus is like, nah, Nick is my friend.
1: <laughs> well, it was funny, because it was like, um we set the standard where this story is about the tournament that's going to happen and then Nick's the only person who chose like a combat character (laughs) and we were like nah we good you know so it was on (laughs) us honestly that we didn't like participate fully in the tournament so I'm sorry about that but like it was great Haley's
2: character kept running around just fucking you know walking into a scene and being like I'm having a vision
3: (laughs) (laughs) screaming and going "Ah."
2: and and the other character was like your other character was like <laughs> trying to take care of that character.
0: <laughs> I really, I do, I did really love Rogvier and the visions because that Dang. became a staple yeah. of the campaign. I really enjoyed just like tracking. As much as you guys had a sheet of paper, it was me with a sheet of paper remembering each vision. I would just improvise and being like, "Fuck, how do I work this into later?"
2: Yeah, I got it written right here. I'm like, "Tree heart burning prophecy, arrow stuck into tree." <laughs> dripping yep. black liquid.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I had so much fun. I mean, I could feel the the danger, I could feel the seriousness and I I could kind of try and reflect it back and like really be intelligent and sometimes it was hard too. I really like <laughs> thought problems you know instead of just because mm-hmm. a lot of the time D is that not just D D, but like rpgs are mm-hmm. that it's just like okay keep trying to roll see if you can get this mm-hmm. um this mm-hmm. like attack on the demon or whatever you know but here it was like we really had to think our way through you know i had to make some planning before this court date happens or else my character's mm-hmm. for sure gonna die
2: i, I think that uh we talk about some some of the negatives like that dennis is saying like i think that um just for us in general i think that maybe we didn't take advantage of um sort of the other side of the system like i don't think we did a whole lot of sex moves which were like sort of an integral mm-hmm. part of this game you know yeah sorry everybody from it we really should have had <laughs> sex more no but I'm just, saying, I'm just saying like that you know like that's like an aspect of this playbook you know at least this system no. yeah uh, that and then like even some like the like the improvements and stuff and you know, I, I think we may, maybe could have used, but I think we got better at using the moves as we went, and mm-hmm. like, and and using our strings as we went. But like, you know, some of the mm-hmm. first episodes, I think that we were like just tr- trying to like get a handle on this. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but that's something I'd like to, to explore more of. It's like, like use like the dying moves, the sex moves, the um, like using strings effectively and spending strings effectively. I think we could maybe could have done that better.
1: Oh so, yeah, strings for sure. Yeah. I think mm. on dying and sex moves, like those are big decisions, you True. know, it's, I think that depends on the group, you know, when, when you're fine with your character dying or, or if your GM is okay with you, like dying 90% of the way enough to use your, de- your die death move. And then like not die. Like, you know, I think it depends on the group <laughs> sometimes, but yeah. Okay. Um, if you can look at all of these aspects of the, this system and see where it can fit into your group, because they're all pretty clear cut. So I think that's, a strength, for sure.
2: I mean, Halley no. got laid. Totally.
3: Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, uh, I can't remember how my sex move worked, but what's better is that my dying move for Rogvier is gonna, oh, it's it's like gonna a- is gonna gonna affect. Um, oh yeah, uh, Regal next season. Not next season, yeah. but if we ever decide to do it again, then we got to remember Regal is gonna take yeah. one harm from Rogvier at a very convenient <laughs> point.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's something i'd like to i'd like to come back to because i think I, I set up the war and i think there's a lot of war-based playbooks uh that we could shift characters around to and mess around with that i think would be fun uh if we ever came back to it
2: oh yeah i, d- I definitely think that i think i would like to pat ourselves in the back in terms of character even though i think mm-hmm. that um yeah like maybe it was like it was like a little uh like, like i said like with the two characters and like the fact that we were split a lot of time i think that we mm-hmm. uh, ended in a really good place with a lot of these characters like there was like a, there was there was character arcs <laughs> for, for yeah. everybody really um and i would lo- i think that that just warrants a further exploration of these characters because and especially with something as big as like a war i think it's gonna be so interesting yeah seeing these characters uh react to that
1: we can see the other side of the system and, and this kind of game of thrones story i think you mm-hmm. know go into assist go into an environment where it's so dangerous, and now there's a war going on. and We're going to be fucking and murdering each other, like left and right <laughs> now. You know, like so. That's going to be cool. And
2: having like you know really important decisions that need to yeah. be you know as opposed to like mm-hmm. you know maybe relatively smaller ones like you know manipulating one person. It's like now getting like influence hundreds of people, a country, you know, you yeah, know, a whole sect mm-hmm. of this, this country.
0: Let's see. I I'm gonna I'm gonna put my foot down first. I'm gonna give the system um, a seven pointed star out of seven.
2: I'm gonna give this system two erections. Nice. We
3: two uh, two bowers.
1: <laughs> Spelled B-O-W-N-E-R-S. Just a single three-eyed raven. It's just one raven, but there's three eyes. Yeah, so. yeah. No, <laughs> that means.
3: I'd give this system a one, Dennis. Oh. Uh-huh. A single Dennis.
2: You shouldn't really degrade the system like that. Yeah, come on. I I thought it was really good.
3: (laughs) Well, it's too bad. That's my rating.
0: (laughs) All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Check out our other systems and test and play through. Uh, We're the control group. We test them so you don't have to. Thank you for
2: listening. And tell us what you want from season two. I
1: want to say thank you yeah. to Fae Lauren for just like releasing this system to anyone to play in the first place because that's why we chose to do it and that's why we chose Game of Thrones. So thanks Fae Lauren. Yes, thank you Andrew Medeiros.
3: <laughs> what other uh, shitty characters do you want me to play? Uh, find out next time.
1: <laughs> C-T-R-L-P-O-D on Twitter. We have an email. Pod
0: at sign G-M-A-I-L dot C-O-M.
1: We have a whole like the key on your keyboard.
3: But most of all, (laughs) we have a big heart.